Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 350. Today is December 29th, 2021. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, today I wanted to bring you this episode before the end of the year because I really want to talk about a critical mistake that a lot of investors make. And this could be the last episode of the year. I'm actually going to try and get in one or two other episodes because there's a couple things I want to touch on to kind of emphasize the importance of them before the year runs out. But as always, I'm running out of time. So I'll get to today's topic in a second. I do have a really timely announcement. In just a few hours from now, at 5 o'clock Eastern, I'll be doing a live stream question and answer episode on Unloose the Goose. In that live stream episode, I'll be talking about things that have happened this year and then prognosticating about what might take place in 2022. And along the way, we'll be taking questions from the audience. I wanted to get this announcement out there. And if you're on my alert blog post updates, you should have received the information yesterday. But I know a lot of you have been asking me to do live streams and do Q&As, and it's something I've never done. And depending upon how today's episode goes, it may be something I never do again. So in today's show notes, there'll be a link to YouTube where you can watch the episode live today, 5 p.m. Eastern, or you can also use that to watch replays of the episode. Sorry for the short notice. I hope you can join us and my friends over at Unloose the Goose. Now, as far as today's episode... I want to focus on what I see as a really critical mistake that a lot of investors make. I'm hesitant to say it's the worst, but it's definitely a crucial mistake that a lot of people make. And I'd encourage you to check your behavior and see if you're this kind of person. And the mistake is, is that people obsess and focus on their day-to-day daily balance of their investment portfolio. So, you know, there's some bad news that happens and the market drops 1% and you look at your balance and you're, you're down all these dollars and you start freaking out and you start really worrying that, you know, things can get worse. You start rethinking your long-term strategy. And usually when you do that, you get really susceptible to following along with the media narrative and, you know, jumping off the cliff just because everybody else is. Building wealth is a marathon, not a sprint. I know that's an overused cliche, but it's really true as it applies to long-term wealth building because unless you win the lottery or have some big inheritance or something, it's very unlikely that you're going to get rich quick. A lot of people that do get rich quick, they end up losing it because they don't know how to manage it. But the best way to build wealth is over time. That's why I'm always preaching that you need to learn to earn, save, and invest in that order. And so as we go into the new year, think about what you've done this year and in past years. Are you constantly looking at that day-to-day portfolio balance or even looking at it every other day or every week? I mean, are you obsessing on a real short-term basis as to what your overall net worth is? And if you're doing that, please reconsider that behavior. I really find it one of the worst things you can do, not only from the perspective that it has you make poor decisions that are based on emotion rather than solid, logical investing fundamentals, but even just for your regular state of mental health. If you're deriving your happiness simply from the value of your account balance, then you're going to be manic depressant. You're going to go from being happy one day to being miserable and totally depressed the next day. 
So not good for your mental health. And again, that will cause you to make really poor long-term investment decisions. If your balance goes up or down a significant amount over a short period of time, relook at your investments. Think about the rationale and the data and the reasons you made that decision to purchase those investments to begin with. And then reassess the current situation. Has the situation changed enough where you need to make an adjustment? Or is it just that the market is reacting to all the noise and static that occurs in the daily, time-sensitive fluctuation of the media story? You know, we're in a 24-hour news cycle, and the media is always trying to grab attention. And one of the worst things you can do as an investor is to follow the fads and those short-term meaningless trends. So again, reconsider why you initially made the investment. And if that decision is sound and fundamental, then even if the value has come down significantly, it doesn't matter because you've already lost that opportunity. And if you still think that the stock or the security that you're holding has upside appreciating asset value, then you might as well hold it because why would you sell it at a loss when you think that it still has a sound value proposition? And in fact, if you thought the value proposition was still in place, then it would actually be even better to hold that stock now because it's at a better valuation than when you originally made the decision. I know that's kind of hard to get your head around, but think through that. And always focus on the logic, long-term fundamental side of things, not the day-to-day noise and static. Another way to think about this is to take it out of the realm of stocks and what happens in the stock market. Because, you know, any given day, there's so much liquidity in the market that the prices can fluctuate substantially and move either far above or far below the real intrinsic value of the company you're invested in. That's because the equity markets are so liquid. Step back and think about this in terms of real estate. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't invest in the stock market because I think real estate is more stable. It's not that real estate is more stable. It's just that it's less liquid. So the day-to-day value on your home or on the real estate you own is going to fluctuate in a much less volatile manner only because it's so much harder to unload the asset. So imagine that you're living on a street and, you know, you live in a nice neighborhood and the guy next door to you, for whatever reason, He lost his home. His house is being foreclosed. The bank has come in and they just want to get the principal that they have tied up in that house. You know, they just want to get that money back. They don't care about the overall market value of the house. And so they're selling it for a much below market rate price just to get rid of the property. And then all of a sudden, the guy next door to you, well, he loses his job and he's got to quickly move out of state and, you know, go on to some other employment. And he's got to unload his house quickly. And so he puts his house on the market and he's asking, you know, a low price too, just because he's got to get out of that house. And the people across the street from you, well, they get a divorce. It's a really messy, unhappy divorce. They want to just settle quick and terminate their marriage. That means putting their house up for sale and getting out of that as fast as possible. So now they've put their house on the market. And, you know, just imagine that's happening all around your house, in your neighborhood, and on the street you live in. That means that today's market value of your home could be significantly less than it was just a month ago. So are you going to rush out in a panic and sell your house at a substantially below market value just because all your neighbors are desperate and they have to sell? 
You know, why would you do that? Of course you wouldn't do that. You're going to say, I'm not worried about moving tomorrow. I'm going to be living here for, you know, the next three years, five years, maybe 10 or 20 years. I don't care about the valuations that the people around me are selling their home for because they're desperate. They have to get out. You have a longer term horizon and you're looking at the value of your house, not today, but what it's going to be down the road when you determine to sell it. Well, that attitude is exactly what you need to take when it comes to investing in stocks. In almost every case, the worst time to sell anything is when something is dropping precipitously, you know, when it's a flash crash or there's just bad market news. I mean, that's why I never, and I'll repeat, never, ever use stop loss orders. I never get stopped out of a stock because I don't put that automated feature on my trades. In most cases, it's been my experience that when that stock price is dropping and everybody thinks they're real smart and wise by having a stop loss on there, it just continues to trigger and cascade, and that's exactly how you get flash crashes. I wrote an article on the blog post over at investablewealth.com, I don't know, many years ago, maybe 2016, or I'm not sure when it was. I talk about stop losses. You can search that. I'm sure you'll find it. I give some good examples there, but the bottom line is that a stop loss in a lot of cases will cause you to sell the stock at the worst possible time. So I know that this is going to sound like trite advice and it's hard to do, but you don't ever want to panic in a crisis situation. You want to think rationally and think how to turn that around using some stock market jujitsu and to use that crisis as an opportunity for you. It's difficult to do from an emotional situation, but in practice, it's actually very easy to put into effect. If you go back and review how I handled the 30% crash that we saw in March of 2020 when the COVID hysteria first hit, that's exactly what I did. I didn't panic. I didn't sell. I licked my wounds. I waited for an opportunity to readjust my positions over the summer as a lot of my high-tech and biotech and stay-at-home type related stocks that I had already owned as they went up and hit to their previous highs or broke out, you know, onto all-time new highs. I sold those positions to about the effect where I was 50% in cash. I held on to my stock positions that had suffered the most and hadn't recovered things like oil stocks, things like banking stocks, things that I thought that were incredibly on sale I didn't unload them or get rid of them at a loss. I just held on to those. I collected the dividend and then I bided my time. And as we went into the fourth quarter ahead of the November elections, when everybody was, again, panicking and worried about resurgence of COVID viruses and whether Trump would win or lose or Biden would win or lose and, you know, just all that drama that really didn't matter one way or the other. When there was a lot of volatility and turbulence and uncertainty in the market, I took that 50% cash position and I went in and invested in those out-of-favor, stay-at-home stocks and other value-type-oriented stocks that had their price beaten down significantly over the previous six or seven months or so. When everybody else hated those stocks, that's when I was loving them. So hey, there's just a quick example of how not to panic during a crisis That'll be a theme that we pick up and talk about a lot more as we go into 2022. Well, hey, again, I'm going to try and come back and have at least one or two more episodes before the end of the year. 
Until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.